0: Gitmo, has held many hundreds of men accused of terrorism against the U.S. in connection with the 9-11-2001 attack. Most were innocent of any crime. Several dozen remained at the prison on the Cuban island. They have been imprisoned there for 17 years in limbo, beyond judicial recognition. This is part two of Barcrow Radio's coverage of the week-long actions of Witness Against Torture In Washington, D.C., leading up to the January 11th anniversary of the opening of the Guantanamo prison in 2002. I'm Alan Winson, and I hung out with the Witness Against Torture protesters at the First Trinity Lutheran Church on E and 4th Streets throughout the week. This episode covers the Wednesday protests, January 9th. The night before, Watt protesters attending a shout-out in front of the White House intended to disrupt the POTUS's press conference explaining his reason for wanting a Mexican border wall. Just as we were leaving that protest, a pelting summer-style rainstorm soaked us. I had not brought much to wear, thinking I would survive with a pair of pants, a few changes of underwear, my toothbrush, socks... And now my pants were quite wet, and my voice had left me, totally. Not a good thing for a podcaster. Wednesday was organized around a tableau at the Supreme Court, created by Voices for Creative Nonviolence, headed up by Brian Terrell. Nine people in orange Gitmo-styled prison suits and black hoods were to lie on bloodied shrouds, standing in for the nine who died at Guantanamo since 2002. Next to them, on other bloodied shrouds, lay dozens of brand new blue children's book bags with the names of 36 Yemeni children killed by U.S. bombs dropped on their school bus by Saudi warplanes. Five Watt members holding a banner reading, Who Are We? were arrested by Supreme Court police. Here are the sounds of that day
1: Paulette from Tiffin, Ohio. Uh,
2: I think, mostly, I, I'm feeling really stronger. Um, I don't mean physically. I'm doing um, semi-fast. Uh, but uh, I'm feeling stronger in my heart and in my mind because of the five people who were arrested today who stood and stood and stood, as as we sang uh, Daniel Berrigan's words about standing and word, uh, war no more. and. I can't think the the name words now. Anyway, no very strong, stand. and it
3: just looks so stalwart. No more
1: war, war, no way you stand, and stand They're hurting her. There. No more no no war,
4: war, no way you stand, and stand, stand
1: there.
3: No way you stand,
1: Money say we love you. Oh. No way we stand today.
3: At the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., Witness Against Torture members set up a tableau. And the tableau was meant to show that we denounce all forms of torture, the torture when children are maimed and dismembered and traumatized and killed in Yemen, the torture that has happened in Guantanamo where nine people have died within that prison. So the tableau represented that by um, scattering uh, children's backpacks over a bloodied shroud to remember the 36 children whose names we can identify who were killed when a Lockheed Martin missile, uh, sorry, a Lockheed Martin bomb was dropped by a Saudi warplane on their school bus. And then nine people clad in jumpsuits, orange jumpsuits and black hoods, lay down on bloodied shrouds to represent the nine men who died in Guantanamo. And uh, five people held a banner. The banner stated, we target, we torture, we terrify. And underneath the banner said, "Who?" I'm sorry, asked, who are we? And after we had read the names of each of the children and responded with a chanted, we remember you. And then read the names of the nine men who died in Guantanamo, uh, five of our number walked up the steps in front of the Supreme Court. And uh, for that action, as they stood on the steps, uh, they eventually were uh, told by Supreme Court security, you must leave. And they chose not to. And so as we Uh, sang a verse that uh, actually came from something Dan Berrigan once gave as a speech, it was a very short speech, and uh, it said uh, know where you stand, stop the war, Uh, know where you stand and stay there. Uh, We sang that repeatedly, our friends stood where they were and eventually the Supreme Court security handcuffed each of them, we retrieved our sign, and they were led away.
1: So good afternoon everyone. Um, I'm going to be reading the names of the 40 school children that were killed in Yemen by a bomb made by the U.S. Abdullah Abdussalam Salam Abdullah Taraf, 12 years old. We
4: remember you.
1: Muhammad Yahya Muhammad Al Azzi, 8 years old. We
3: remember you. Art Laffan, uh, who's been arrested Muhammad at the Supreme Court many and times and has and been part of numerous actions there, did have about a five-minute conversation with the sergeant of the security guards. And he said, you know, you don't have to arrest these people. Uh, Look at those backpacks. They're here because those children were killed. Their bodies were dismembered by a Lockheed Martin uh, precision-guided 500-pound bomb. In in Yemen. In Yemen. In Yemen, thank you. And the children were on their field trip. They were children on a school bus. Uh, They're... Teachers had gotten off the bus that was parked to go and get picnic uh, supplies. There were high school students clustered, uh, dozens of them, on the patio of the Supreme Court. And they were watching and, you know, at first they were kind of like high school kids dancing and, you know, jiving. But when they saw people being led away in handcuffs, they started paying very close attention. And then there was another group across the street, and two of our friends went to talk with those youngsters. And our friend Helen said three of the young women, uh, young African-American women, were in tears when the group left. And
4: And they were in tears about
3: what? uh, Well, when they learned about the uh, children from Yemen who were killed, but also the nine prisoners who died in Guantanamo. I think that evoked um, perhaps a sense of empathy. I don't know, but it certainly evoked strong emotion.
4: So, friends, we're walking by the uh, central cell block, central booking for all uh, uh, people who are taken into custody here in Washington. And uh, you can't see it. It's below ground. Some of us, many of us, actually, have been in those uh, holding cells. And so we want to take a moment just to uh, remember the uh, the prisoners as we walk by. and. Uh, We pray for the release and freedom for all who are held captive. We pray for the dismantling of the mass incarceration complex. May justice come. One of the uh, techniques of protest is to be arrested. You have been arrested many times. What is accomplished by being arrested in a civil disobedience?
3: Well, some of us like to say that we're engaged in civil resistance. Some say holy obedience, you know, that you're the the authority, I believe, of the arresting officers in uh, cases where I've um, protested the grievous, grievous, hideous consequences of U.S. war making and the greed involved uh, have, I think, usurped their own authority because they continue to work. For institutions to which we sh- ought not pay allegiance. We shouldn't give support. We shouldn't recognize an authority uh, uh, invested in people who have repeatedly caused so much suffering and loss and resentment and danger in the world. People who've shown themselves to be reckless with uh, the kinds of arsenals the United States maintains. People who've turned a blind eye. I mean, Many of my arrests were in relation to the United States economic sanctions against Iraq, and we saw officials uh, refuse to reckon with the fact that, according to the United Nations, hundreds of thousands of Iraqi children under age five had died as a direct result of economic sanctions, which the U.S. insisted upon for 13 years, because they claimed they had to do this to somehow... Or curtail or contain Saddam Hussein, uh, whom they uh, alleged had weapons of mass destruction. So, um, you know, I don't think we should uh, give obeisance to or pay uh, some sort of submissiveness to people who uh, uphold values that are diametrically opposed to what we actually believe in. I don't believe in killing people. I mean, I, if the mafia knocked on my door, I don't think I'd say, "Oh, how can I support you?" Well, I'm certainly not going to be in support of U.S. State Department and military policies based on threat and force, showing year in and year out greed and pride and corruption uh, and theft. You know, it's a, it's it's plundering people who are so needy in our world.
4: So I'm going to press you one more time: How is being arrested the best way of showing pushback or non-compliance with an illegal action by the government?
3: Uh, Well, I do not want to go on record as saying that getting arrested is the best way. It's one way to show resistance, but I have deepest respect for people who engage in legislative action, and I never think we can bypass the legislative system. I have great respect for all forms of education. I think education is essential. Um, I I would just repeat it, education, 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 like a realtor would say, you know, location, location, location. We have to find ways to educate people. But I think that sometimes um, the process of arrest, court, possible jail or prison can be very educative. Um, Certainly, it educates the individual going through that process. I mean, I was a high school teacher for many years, but believe me, after I did a year in maximum security federal prison, that sort of uh, changed my approach to teaching. I thought, I'm never going to be the warden, not me. It even changed my approach to, you know, sleeping overnight in the neighborhood shelter with some responsibility to, you know, open the door and lock up. I thought, I don't want to be the warden. I'm not going to treat people uh, as though somehow I'm their superior. So it does, I just want to say it makes a big difference. And never, ever would I have understood the extent of racism in the U.S. prison system, the stigma, the disenfranchisement, the family breakup, the bereavement, the loss, the sadness. I never, ever, ever would have understood it as well as I understood it sitting next to a woman on a bunk and being a prisoner alongside her. And at least for that brief span of time... um, on four different occasions, I've been a federal prisoner. Uh, I have some um, stepping away from my normal experience of, you know, being able to say, "You know, well, I've got the blue passport. I can leave this war zone, or you know i'm uh, I've got some ticket that gets me out. At least for a short time, you have a chance of growing a little bit closer in solidarity to some of the people who are forced into a reenactment of slavery. And that's how I describe the mass incarceration of the United States.
4: Most of us are incapable, I guess emotionally, to do what you did, Kathy. Um, How do we get that experience without actually going to federal prison? Is there any way?
3: Well, I think that all of us can um, go out of our way to... Befriend people, for instance, who are seeking bail and are stuck in jail, in some county jail somewhere, awaiting charge, and if they could bail out, they could maybe get a lawyer, they could contact their friends for support, or they could reunite with their children and not be as stressed as people do become. Um, So that would be one thing, to really get to know a person uh, in jail and awaiting Charges and maybe help that person. Um, There are some very interesting bail fund projects being devised in my city, in Chicago, in New York City, and in other places. I think it's also possible to um, try to get close to a place that's offering hospitality to people who visit prisons. You know, a lot of times people can't visit because where are they going to stay? You know, these prisons are out in the middle of nowhere. I am Kathy Kelly. I'm a co coordinator of Voices for Creative Nonviolence and always pleased to be with the Witness no Against stand. Torture.
1: No more war, no where you, uh, no you stand. They're hurting no her. No where you stand. They're hurting her. No more war, no where you stand. Oh, they'll be in the jail for a while, but if they have another charge, then they're taken to the central cell block. And a
4: while means what?
2: Uh, well, it, I, it, it's hard to say. Uh, it could be,
1: uh, could be, let's say, f- four hours. It could be more. It depends on how busy they are. Like, I was arrested at the Supreme Court several years ago, and they, they took us to someplace completely different. But that might have been because there was a lot of us there. I don't know. If you're held overnight and you have to go to court the next day, they always do the protesters last. And so you have to sit in a holding cell all day. You don't get access to any food or any water. They take you over there like at 7 in the morning. And it might be 7 at night. So you've got 12 hours that you sit there without food or water or use and, and bathrooms. What's the message you're getting from that? Uh, they're trying to punish us, not just, you know, yeah, punish us before they found us guilty, really, even. My name is Joy First. I'm from Wisconsin.
0: One of the five arrested at the Supreme Court that day was Cheryl Hogan. We sat down and talked about her experiences of the day and her feelings about civil disobedience.
2: In general, I I don't have a lot of... uh, sense that joy is part of my life mm-hmm. because I'm always focused on the sorrows. And uh, so that's one of the reasons I, uh, I led the rese- reflection this morning about joys and sorrows because yes. I need to hear that from also, that I need to remember to ca- stay connected to the joys in life.
0: Wh- wh- why is there so much sorrow in your life? You're an attractive older woman, you are educated clearly, you are well-spoken, well-dressed. Where is the, <laughs> w- where is the lack of joy in your life?
2: Um, maybe we have different interpretations of joy. Well, what, what is yours? Um, I am very blessed. My life is blessed beyond belief. I often question, I, I, I question God, how did I get all that I have? when so many others have so little. And, and it's that very thing that motivates me to fight for justice, because everyone should have what I have, but clearly they don't. And I um, uh, was able to make sense of the world through socialism.
0: What was the event that uh, politicized you in, down in South America?
2: Meeting socialist students at the University of Buenos Aires in Argentina, um, and learning about Yankee imperialism.
0: What, uh, was your first impre- what was your first reaction when you heard that the United States is actually an imperial power?
2: I thought the students were wrong.
0: Did you argue with them?
2: I argued with them, and then I went to research it. Guess where I went to research it? I went to the American consulate, or <laughs> probably the embassy, <laughs> to look for information. Mm-hmm. Well, it took a couple of months. Um, for me to kind of understand what Yankee imperialism was and that it was a real thing. And uh, I became a fidelista overnight, mm-hmm. um, a big champion of Fidel Castro and the revolution in Cuba. Um, and um, and I could make sense of the injustice in the world because I could see the it where it was coming from in terms of economics. And uh, they made all the difference in the world.
0: So you've been a social protester, American protester. How would you identify yourself as civil disobedience Today, person? Well, I then.
2: Then I would say I was, um, oh gosh, I don't know what I would have said then exactly. A person who believed in um, a revolution.
0: Um, in, in the United States.
2: I believe revolution should happen everywhere because there was mm-hmm. a, uh, everywhere that it, things were wrong. Things mm-hmm. were upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I wouldn't say, oh, well, then there should be armed insurrection in the U.S. because I probably would have known even then that it was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, in, uh, for example, in, in favor of the Cuban Revolution and then the El Salvadorian Revolution and the Nicaraguan Revolution. I was totally with them. I am not now in favor of any kind of armed violence because I see what the results are. They, they only lead to more violence and more oppression and more poverty and more misery.
0: So you've been on a road uh, of protest uh, throughout your life.
2: Well, since, I, since after college, actually. Right, yeah. All right. that's
0: a, a little while. Um, how did you come to witness against torture?
2: Which is more recent in in your career. Yes, it's only been the last 11 years. Um, So I've always been very, I don't know how to say it, um, could never understand how a person could torture another person.
0: What was it that caught your attention about torture? Was there a particular instance, a time, a moment, uh, an idea, an action?
2: I can't remember... What images I had of torture before um, I came across Watt. Watt, Witness Against witness Torture. Witness Against Torture. And, but when I saw that there was a group doing anything about torture, I had to be there. And mm-hmm. the minute I heard about it, I signed up to come down here, and it was January 2007, the very first demonstration we had after the group had been to Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I was here, and I've been here every, years, every year.
0: since. The focus of Witness Against Torture's uh, actions is to what?
2: It is to close Guantanamo Bay Prison for for a couple of reasons, but the first one being that it is a place where men have been and continue to be tortured. They have they were tortured there, physically, brutally tortured, and some we c- we think three men were actually tortured to death. Of course, the prison has never admitted that. Um, that that type of uh, torture the physical abuse of their bodies has stopped but the except for the force feeding that has not stopped the men who were which i which
0: i have learned uh through this week of being here with you is is awful
2: yes very awful it's very i mean when
0: you first hear about it it doesn't sound like it's such a big deal so you're forcing someone to eat i like to eat but this process of pushing a tube through your nose and
2: Down your throat. And they did not do it gently, and they did not do it with the the best equipment. They did it with the intention of hurting. So that was painful. They would strap men to a chair, keep them there for two hours to make sure they couldn't throw up what they had been just uh, uh, injected with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're strapped in. They're force-fed with this tube, forced down their throat, ripped out of their throat so their throats are raw when it's over
0: and they're doing this at least once a day.
2: Oh, more than once a day. You know, to keep these guys healthy, you know. You got to keep feeding them.
0: Have you have you ever thought or tried to imagine who these people are that's doing this to the prisoners there?
2: Well, that's the whole thing and I when I started getting when, when I've been offended and horrified, horrified by the fact of torture. It's you're, this is one human being doing this to another human being, and how that can happen. What, what on earth goes on for the person who's doing the torturing? I, I, I kind of can't imagine it. At one time I saw a video, actually. I don't know, remember now what the context was, but the video was of a man who had been a torturer, and he was talking about it what it was like, and he was not a happy man. He was, he was even question. he was questioning actually how he, did, how he could do that, and what he had to do to himself so that he could do that. But he owned that he had done that to other people. And I don't know if very many men who have tortured could do that, could actually face what they've done but at some level that's got to destroy them
0: the prisoners there's now 40 there uh, one was released during the Trump administration but that decision had been made during the Obama administration though right. I understand it and, li- and and I've I've learned from being with you for this week been here since Tuesday now it's Saturday <coughs> that uh, conditions there are really really bad I mean, besides what you just described I'm afraid that my listeners on Bar Crawl Radio and most Americans have no idea what the situation is at Guantanamo now. Um, we, d- d- during the protests this week, I've heard uh, testimony from, um, from Watt members that uh, they talk to people on the street saying, What is it? What's going on there? It's, it's still there. Mm. Um, well, they're, they're uh, war prisoners, Mm. they're um they they have they we, we need to keep them there because they're dangerous mm. um except I'm
2: they're not really war prisoners well that's, that's, that's the thing. Issue. so who <laughs> are they yeah they're well they were men that were picked off uh picked up in uh in either Afghanistan or Pakistan mostly um and sold for money to the American government who had offered $5,000 rewards if you would turn in somebody who was a terrorist. And of course, um, there are people who are very poor um, or people who had mm, uh, vendettas against uh, their neighbor or somebody that they knew, and they would just turn them in. And they were re- the Americans received those people that were turned in in that way without looking for any further evidence. They just took them and from then on, they were um, prisoners of the, of, the, of the U.S., but they were never really war prisoners. If they had they been war prisoners, they would have been uh, subject, subject to the Geneva Conventions, and, and there might have been some protections for them. But we didn't admit, the U.S. didn't admit that they were war prisoners. Um, the U.S. just said they were they so they labeled them enemy combatants. They created a new name, literally. Um, no, none of them were taken off the battlefield, or or taken o- out of a bunker where they had guns aimed at so you know at American troops or anything like that. So
0: or or, or were connected to the nine eleven bombers. Uh,
2: they were trying. The U.S. was trying to connect them. That's what <coughs> they were looking for. But uh, they've evidently got no firm evidence that any of them were. Okay,
0: but Cheryl, i um, I'm listening to this and I'm saying that's impossible they didn't do anything but now they've been there you told me for 17 years some of them mm-hmm. some are, are are in their 50s 60s there's a guy in 70 mm-hmm. you told me well, how is that it, but someone, well, else someone did. did someone right yeah. someone in the group how, how is how is that possible that's ludicrous that couldn't be true mm-hmm. we're the united states we're fair we're democ- democracy give us your poor
4: how could that be true
0: i mean do do you hear that kind of um, you know, rhetoric from, from most people, I would think, or many people.
2: Honestly, in our hearts, don't we all wish that, that, w- that it couldn't be true? I mean, don't we, don't, aren't we even still today when we hear something that happened like the U.S. bombing the children in Yemen? Uh, uh, a school? Bus could that be children, true? Forty children dead on the spot with a U.S. bomb, and it's a school bus. And we have these very sophisticated drones that know what they're hitting. You say, how could that be true? The U.S. doesn't do that. No. We're still horrified when thi- we hear things like that. And uh, sometimes it takes a lot to, to actually come around to saying, to owning, that that's what our government does do. And over and over again it does that. And it, it's, it's very distressing. That's is why I have trouble connecting with joy, mm-hmm. because... Frankly, it brings me to tears every time I get close to thinking about what we do to other people.
0: And and Watt and you, as a member of Watt, for some years, have been trying to do something about that mm. through protest. Yes. Let's talk about the protest f- of two thousand nineteen. You are a, a protester to stop this this truth of mm. Guantanamo. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about? what you did in, in a sense, sacrificing your body um, by being arrested this week.
2: Well, you you know the outside facts. We, mm-hmm. we, we all went to the Supreme Court because it's a symbol of U.S. power and government, um, which we hold responsible. And we had our demonstration there, which basically was saying, we do these things. We said, we torture, we terrorize, uh, we kill. So who are we as a nation? And that's what we would like people to, to really think about: who are we? Wh- and are we who we want to be? So in order to, f- to bring attention of more people to this issue, we demonstrate every year, and this year we, um, uh, and every year we risk arrest in some way. Uh, again, the risk is again to bring more attention to the issue, um, and we so we some of us five of us uh, just stepped onto the steps of the Supreme Court, which we knew would get us arrested because we knew that that was something that the authorities don't tolerate.
0: Uh, again, um, this seems totally ludicrous. I'm looking like how how could that be? You stepped up about eight steps onto a huge plaza. Hmm that 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 and then there's another maybe 20 steps that go 25 steps that go up into the building mm. and you're on this huge public plaza holding a banner saying and you you just said it you know who 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 are we mm. we torture we kill right mm. um and there were a dozen you know supreme court police out there just watching bullhorns mm. uh with you and three others or four four others, others. Four others Holding a banner, as as you described, mm-hmm. out towards the street, doing nothing else, mm-hmm. singing. I think there was a, there was a song being yeah, sung. Yeah, we were singing too. Uh, led right. by Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot being said about Lou, but mm-hmm. a lot can say about everyone. And um, they they let you stay there for a while. I mm-hmm. guess about 15 minutes. About.
2: Yeah, I k- I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure I wasn't you Wasn't looking at my watch. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you weren't.
0: I mean, you were in the moment. Mm. Uh, and then at some moment, they decided to arrest you all. Mm.
2: They gave us three warnings, like they're supposed to. Yeah. And we could have backed down at any time, but we made a commitment to this action again, really for the purpose of making it as well known as possible that these forty men are still locked up in Guantanamo for these last seventeen years. Never seeing or touching a friend or family member, a child, a wife, a mother, losing people to death while they're locked up uh, is—it's been—and I- that's because we took them how many thousands of miles from their homes in order to put them in Guantanamo Bay prison. Uh, so these men are from Afghanistan, from Yemen, from Saudi Arabia, from from far away, and it's just unconscionable
4: yeah
0: well yeah I mean again it's 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 unbelievable when 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 the truth of the story comes out um I've never been arrested I am totally fearful of being arrested and what that would be like Hmm. um can can and I and you've been arrested before
2: many times for, for,
0: for, for this kind of protest <laughs> but
2: as francis crow says not enough times <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. well when when it's enough <laughs> when when Quint- quintanamo gets closed i guess yeah um can can you describe the experience let's start with the being handcuffed um you know you're going to be handcuffed mm-hmm. um, and no one resisted being handcuffed uh can you describe that that uh, that moment in which they put their hand on your shoulder and reach around your body and pull your hand back?
2: Well, w- we first, we make, we usually, any p- time there's an arrest situation like this for political purpose, for civil resistance, mm. we make a decision whether we're going to resist or not. We did not dis- we did not decide to resist arrest. Resisting arrest is a whole other b- a series of problems for right. the- well, You didn't do it, so let's not talk so about that. We didn't do that. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm, you know, so that was okay. You know, you kind of hope they don't put the cuff on too tight. Mm. My cuffs were not on too tight. Um, can you
0: ask them, say, please don't put it on too tight? N-
2: not that way, but if they put it on tight, you can say, you know, that's awfully tight. With these plastic cuffs that they're using, um, sometimes if they're on too tight, they the only way to loosen them is to cut them off and put them on again. Put on a whole other pair.
0: I'm curious, do they have a hard edge? Do they have yes. a sharp edge?
2: They have a they're very very tough, thick plastic and yes, they have a sharp edge.
0: So you have to be careful not to rub your skin against the edge of the cuff.
2: Right. You want to just keep quiet once you're cuffed. Well. But you have to your hands are behind your back and when you get inside the police wagon you sort of sit on <laughs> you kind of sit uncomfortably with your hands behind your back. In a very small space.
0: And how long are you in that condition with the cuffs?
2: It completely depends on the situation. I think we might have been a couple of hours.
0: And sometimes it could be longer.
2: Could be. And uh, let's keep in mind that the five of us were white. If we had been black or brown, it, it would have been a whole different picture.
0: Yeah. Just Differ-
2: uh, Different. I shouldn't say different. Worse picture. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: we, we don't know, but we can imagine. Yeah um i uh just just the the human physical thing of scratching your cheek mm-hmm. becomes impossible uh right. wiping your nose
2: right except if your co-defendant's next to you and you use their shoulder wow. <laughs> that's true right it's <laughs> true
0: that must be i mean i can imagine it becoming maddening to know i've got this itch and i just what about going to the bathroom urinating
2: uh, you ask the officer, and they'll take you to the uh, bathroom. Um, they will make you leave the stall door open while you use the toilet.
0: Do they cut the cuffs?
2: Um, <coughs> they will if it's um, if you're still in cuffs. They would have to do that yeah. o- unless. For some reason, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah.
0: So you were taken into the Supreme Court, I think, under the, s- the main stairwell. Is that where mm-hmm. the police are? For There's the, a the, the set of Supreme Court police. Yes. They Supreme have their own police. They
2: have their own police, and their whole system is completely separate from the rest of the systems in D.C. There are many <coughs> police systems in D.C. Yeah. Many. I'm, I'm learning. The Supreme Court is only one of them, but it's all unto itself, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they have to call up the DC police?
2: No, they just do everything themselves. Right. Um, they're part of the federal police system, but uh, they they have their own holding cell inside the Supreme Court, um, and their own booking system. So if the fingerprinting and the everything happens right there. And of course, any time you start through this process, you can get fingerprinted and searched innumerable times. And of course, m- you know, with our l- civilian logic, we think, well, "Didn't you just do that?" And they, it, but they do it again and again and again. So it's just more waste of taxpayer money and more harassment for the person getting arrested.
0: That's what I'm hearing over and over again. That they make this arrest um, passive, uh, of a passive action that you did, uh, and, and and they make you suffer for it, right. either by making you sit for a long time or again by repeating actions over and over again, yeah. So you're, you're, you're taken from the Supreme Court under their stairs there, mm. uh, and then you're taken to a wagon or a car or a, or a...
2: Yeah, let me say it took two, at least two, more than two hours. We were in a room getting processed, getting our picture taken, getting, uh, taking all of our property. They, uh, we had to take off all clothes that were not one layer including underwear so we were left with one shirt no underwear um one pair of pants uh shoes with no laces um no belt of course uh so you're stripped down to where you just wait wait a
0: second they take your underwear
2: yeah because you can only have two layers so you're not going to be left with a bra or undershirt because that's a layer yeah so you take that layer off and you're left with just your shirt on
0: why um, Why would they do that?
2: I think that it comes from the idea that if you have two layers, you could use one to hang yourself in the cell.
0: Wait a minute. <laughs> that makes no sense. If you want to hang yourself, you just take one layer off and hang yourself.
2: Well, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> uh, I don't okay, know. Okay, all, right, all right. There's no sense in
4: there's that. There's
2: no sense in, the, in the, what happens in the criminal legal system. Uh, that's my new terminology. It's not criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Criminal legal system is um, to punish you, and f- from the get go, as soon as you're in the hands of the authorities of the police, you are t- you are in a punishment situation.
0: So you don't talk to the officers. You don't. You interact.
2: can, and some are chatty, and some are not.
0: Were th- were these?
2: Uh, not chat. The ones that processed me personally mm-hmm. were not chatty. Mm-hmm. But at one time there were. There were five of us in that room getting processed, and yeah, we were all in the same room for the most part. And um, I think one person was taken out, and there were four left, and they let us, we were still cuffed, I think, and they let us get up and walk around. In fact, one officer said, you want to walk around. You, you get up and walk around. It'd be good for you. you know, you'll, you'll be glad you did. And that's because they knew we weren't going to go where they were, we weren't going to get to walk around at all.
0: Where, where you went?
2: Yeah, on the next step in the process.
0: Okay, so you got into a wagon of some sort. So then they finally. And I heard, heard they d- separate the two. men and the women?
2: Oh, the, after that, the men, men and women were separated. Right. Yes. So they took us out of that room after two and a half hours or so of processing, um, taking our clothing and all that. Put us in a, jeez, oh did they put us in a, I can't remember. Yeah, probably at that point we we were put in a police wagon and taken to uh, uh, Central Cell Block, which is notorious ancient edifice <laughs> in Washington. Under under the underground, street. Underground, underground, um, and processed again. Uh, fingerprints and uh, photographs and taking information and searching and all of that. And then um, from there, and it was about 6.30 by then, I think we got arrested around one, and at 6.30 we were taken into a cell. It was a long row of cells and we were taken and it was completely empty, we were, so we were ushered to the very last se- set of cells in, the, in that. There were four of us, four women. Uh, we How long a walk is that? To? Oh, not very long, maybe. I'm not so good at this, maybe 30 yards or no, more than, maybe 50 yards long. Uh, Not terribly long. Maybe maybe there were, no, not that far. I was just thinking maybe there were 10 cells on each side. Mm -hmm. So we were put in the far cell and there were no other people there. But that changed during the night because anyone who's arrested during the uh, night uh, in D.C. um, is taken to this place
0: what 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 is it what does it look like is it dark is it bright is it
2: it's n- not either there's um there's lights on all the time in each cell and over and in the corridor um there are two bunk beds and they're made of a metal sheet uh metal i don't sheets i can't figure out the right word Slab would be if it was concrete. It's Mm -hmm. not concrete. It's metal.
0: Metal sheet sounds. And
2: very hard to be comfortable on. Almost impossible.
0: No, no mattress.
2: Oh, no mattress. No mattress. There's there's these two bunks, uh, one lower, one upper, with a toilet and sink, and the only way to get to the upper bunk is to step on the toilet or the sink in order to get up there. There's no ladder or anything. Um, So. Wow. Uh, and there's, th- there's. And there how many of you are in? Uh, there's two in each. There were each two cell. bunks in each cell, where we were. And that's
0: the only place to sit is on the bunk.
2: Oh yeah. Right. There's very little floor space.
0: And there's a toilet and there's, and there's
2: a, a sink. Toilet and the sink, are hmm. one unit as in all prison systems. Right.
0: And what what are you hearing? Uh, is it an echoey kind of thing? Well, it, sounds it like was a very cancrete. quiet
2: at first, and then they turned on a d- sort of central fan kind mm-hmm. of s- to circulate the air, which is probably a good thing. or You'd probably suffocate in there. I don't know. Um, and But then in the middle of the night when they started bringing in the women that they had arrested during the night, and some of them were very, very loud, protesting that they were there or asking for things or talking back and forth to each other. Sometimes they knew each other. Sometimes they didn't. Um so it was pretty loud by the time they filled up with with women. Um, and and all the
0: cells that you had passed as you came in were then filled probably up probably filled over the
2: up, night. yeah. Probably they were. You know, although there were only I like, I think 12 or 14 women.
0: And I heard you talking before in the circle that these were women of color.
2: Oh, all of them were black women from the uh, from the area from DC.
0: Of all ages.
2: Uh, yes, I would say pr- there was no one who looked really... Oh, yeah, there was one woman who had her hair braided, but she had gray hair. But I th- I'd say probably in her 50s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, mm, two of those women who got arrested were older than any of them.
0: Yeah. Um, you're white, they're black. Did yeah. they did they notice that?
2: Well, you know, it was interesting. Of course they noticed it. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they talked to each other almost as if we weren't there or weren't white. I was really interested how, or, or I was learning. I felt like I was a window into their world because they they were not um, censoring what they were saying. It didn't seem so anyway. Um, and like I said after a while you kind of forgot you were anybody had been arrested for anything we were just a bunch of women in the jail
0: because you were focusing on what they were talking about because
2: we were just people and they were talking about their lives or something or they were horsing around you know just Mm -hmm. like fooling around or they were um, sharing what had happened to them or did it seem like
0: they'd been there before
2: uh, it, it was clear that a couple had been there before and others had not But they knew what the system was like, and they somewhat knew what to
0: expect. Well, so you're going through a lot of different feelings, too. Mm. I mean, I imagine the feeling of standing on the Supreme Court steps and then being arrested and moving through the process, Mm. and then getting into the evening and having others there. There must be a whole lot of different feelings that that come across you as you're experiencing this.
2: You got it. A whole (laughs) lot. So we spent the night on these, uh, on these metal slabs, trying to sleep, almost impossible. With the fan going. The fan going. Every 15 minutes, they come and t- do something. It's supposedly a cell check, and they have to put a key in a something and, and make a noise. So there's a squeaky noise every 15 minutes all night long c- to, to indicate that they've done their cell check. And then there's the fan. And then there's the women who come in in the middle of the night and sometimes screaming and sometimes just rattling the bars and just making a lot of noise. And uh, so, yeah, very hard. To <laughs> not so good sleeping. And then we get up at 6.30. They take us out, and we're hoping we're going to go get okay, reprocessed and then taken into court. We got instead taken to this other cell, Uh, All 18 of us, Uh, a room may be as big as this one Mm -hmm. uh, that we're in now. A little conference room. uh, Which had four stools and a toilet for all of us. And you couldn't, there's no place anybody, where everybody could even sit down, even on the floor. So there were times when someone had to be standing up somewhere. So that's how much space we had. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, and so we were in there just waiting and some of us waited until... Now,
0: there was a toilet there, you said. There was a toilet. But it's out in the open.
2: Uh, there's one sort of half barrier uh, that covers part of it.
0: So, so when, you're, when you're doing your, your when thing... When you
2: need to use it, just everybody's just nice to you and doesn't watch Doesn't you. watch. <laughs> but they could. Yeah. It's, it's public. Wow. Well, Very public. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean that in itself sounds just horrendous. But go on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Well, it's not fun, but there we are. We're all in it together. We're all women, and uh, you know you got to go to the bathroom, so you go. That's all there is to it. Yep. Yep. Things get real. And there's water. The only water that they could offer us was from the this cell, this toilet uh, sink structure that's in every cell uh, has a water fountain kind of part to it, and that's the water that was available. No, no other water was available. You
0: never felt unsafe being there.
2: Unsafe from what?
0: From the other prisoners with you.
2: Oh my goodness, no. Yeah. Oh no, they were yeah. more like friends, sisters. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well. They really, it became that way.
0: Yeah. Because the movies they show, you know, you know, the the white guy going in there, and all the black, you know, thugs are in the prison there, and they're in danger, you know, because.
2: Yeah. You know, there could be some sorting that the prison authorities do mm. um, uh, at the beginning. But, you know, we've all been searched and researched and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> turned inside out. By the time we get there, there's hardly any way we could hurt each other.
0: You just gave a new meaning to the word researched. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened then? You're in this cell with 17, 18 other women, and uh, and you're there for how long?
2: All day. Yeah. All day, and there's no clocks, and there's no one answering any questions. And they didn't start taking anybody out of that room, which we were put into uh, probably around 7 or 7.30 in the morning. Um, n- till about, I don't know, 12 or 1, they began to take people out. And they took so you, for
0: hour after hour after hour, you're s- just sitting there doing nothing? Well, except talking it, to each it, other.
2: Talking to each other, that's what we did. Um... Right, hour after hour. And the, tell me, that the time went so slowly, I couldn't believe it. During the night as well, the time went just creeping by.
0: I know, when I, when I wake up at night, it's like I look at my clock to see what time it is, mm. and you have no idea.
2: No idea. And during the day, we had no idea. No idea. I mean, there were no clocks.
0: And no information saying, you know, the train's going to arrive in five minutes.
2: No. And it, so, so, so if someone came to the door to take someone out, which happened about once an hour, I and mean, someone would dribble out the door... Uh, we would ask them, "What time is it?" you know?" And then they might tell us,: Yeah, uh, and usually they told us they didn't hold that back. They didn't have to, but they did.
0: Yeah so what what time did they come for you? Uh,
2: about six no, about five thirty. I
0: remember when you came back to the hostel, yeah, right. It was, it about was already dark in the evening. right yeah. What is the feeling when you you know you hear your name called out and you've been sitting there <sighs> so long?
2: Frankly, it seemed like it was never going to happen. I was starting to pray. I was saying, okay, God, I need you now because I'm losing it. I'm really losing my patience. I'm losing my faith and trust and everything. Um, and, but I was hoping that uh, I could, you know, I'd get some little nourishment from, from a prayer. And I thought to myself, first of all, this is not as bad as what the men in Guantanamo
0: went through. I was just going to ask you. I thought about that
2: during the day a lot because those men were taken from their lives without knowing why. They were taken to horrible places to begin with where they were locked up. Then they were put in airplanes and strapped down. And I'm not sure if if anybody put diapers on them or anything, but they were strapped into these planes with smelly hoods over their heads and chained and stuck in those planes for how many thousands of miles of travel, didn't know why, they didn't know where, and they end up in Guantanamo. So I think all of that, what I'm going through, is nothing compared to that. I told myself that many times during the day because it was hard waiting and not knowing and not hearing and stuff.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't deny the fact that you went through something awful. I mean, you, well, that, the was day hard. was awful. It wasn't awful, but okay. it was hard. Okay.
2: It was hard. Um, you know, I was grateful for having the company of the other women. We were all getting impatient together. By the time it was, f- you know, like five o'clock, and there were five of us still in there. Um, you know, we were all impatient, and some of the women had to go pick up kids s- from school, and oh they, you know, they, they weren't home, and you know, all that. And stuff. And they had no way of communicating yeah. to anyone or saying so. Awful. Yeah. Were you fed? Um. Hmm. <laughs> They brought us, well, okay, let's just say at the beginning when we were in the cell block, uh, before we got to the central cell block, before we got to the first uh, putting in a, being put in a cell where we were overnight, um, they handed us two sandwiches, their bologna and cheese on white bread, to between two slices of white bread. However, we were fasting, so we didn't take ours. Um, the other women uh, weren't there yet. Some of them didn't get fed till the morning. But, yeah, they make sure you get your two sandwiches at some point. They're supposed to. That's the law. And they also sent uh, gave us some kind of Kool-Aid or kind of thing, I don't know, some red liquid. Or I drank one cup of red liquid way at the beginning, and then we got water s- is, is served in a cup uh, during the night. During the day, the only water, as I said, was from this toilet sink kind of arrangement.
0: And you let them know that you were fasting?
2: Um, well, when they brought sandwiches, they would just actually um we, we just didn't accept them we didn't but i mean them.
0: if they had given you like a miso soup or something
2: i would have drunk a miso you, soup. you would have okay yeah because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right. that's not that's not part of the fast that's right
0: that's right i've I, I learned <laughs> but that i don't also. eat
2: bologna anyway but i'll tell you by five o'clock i was tempted <laughs> not not by bologna but i would have eaten that bread yeah was
0: getting close <laughs> wow so um so they take you out of the cell. They walk you to an office someplace? No, when
2: they finally came to got, get us, they only walked us just a little ways down the hall outside the cell where we were, or in that room. I don't know if it was a cell or a room or whatever. A little ways down the hall, they said, stand up against the wall with your hands behind your back and then turn around with your hands on the wall and blah, blah, blah. And then they said, here are your papers.
0: But but wait why minute, why did they tell you to... Put your hands on the wall.
2: Why they tell you anything you don't know? They
0: weren't taking pictures or anything.
2: No. Most of the time, you don't know why they're telling you anything. But (sighs) anyway, they had us standing there, and then they came toward us with papers in their hands, and what the paper said was no charges, no fee, no anything. We did not – none of us who were standing together, who were the two – me and my other – one of my other – Co-arrestees, uh, with, with and, the, and against two, against three, two or three black women uh, were all given uh, a sheet of paper saying we had no charges, so they let us go.
0: Who makes that decision?
2: Oh, I have no idea.
0: It's not a court decision, is it?
2: Don't you know. have no idea. Don't I? D- I don't know. I was pretty glad to get that piece of paper, though. I bet. <laughs> so were the other women.
0: And then waiting for you outside uh, were what members?
2: Yes, uh, blessed souls that they are. There was someone waiting uh, right out as soon as we were released, and then there was a car out front with, with extra coats in it so that we wouldn't freeze going back to the Supreme Court to get all our belongings.
0: I, I, I have one more question. Okay. Um, you went through all this. You had a protest. There weren't many other people there. There was no media there. Uh, who's who's going to know?
2: Good question. Um, we, of course, hope for media, but we also, thankfully, can use social media. So there were p- friends taking a lot of uh, pictures and video, um, recording everything, and that we can do with that whatever we want. So that, that will get out. Um, I did hear that Democracy Now! did a little piece on what we did and showed some picture.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl, it's wonderful uh, talking with you. Is there anything else you'd like to say?
2: There's pl- probably a lot that I'd like to say. Um, keep, keep Guantanamo in your consciousness because it is easy to forget when there's so much else happening in our lives these days. I mean, we're threatened with the, practically the dissolution of the very land we stand on You know, from, from global, uh, global climate change we're threatened by uh, an um, unhinged uh, president, Um, we're threatened by, um, you know, precarious financial situations. There's just so much to worry about. Uh, It's hard to remember these 40 men. Um, But these 40 men also represent the fact that the U.S. is willing to torture people, uh, willing to go to any extreme, uh, to to protect what they uh, their interests, the interests of the power, those in power, and those in power don't have good um, intentions all the time.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you assign one word that summarizes this week for you? One word. God. One. What what words are going through your head?
2: Community, love, collective action, resistance, and um, compassion.
0: I'll go with compassion. Okay. Compassion.
2: I am Cheryl Hogan from Western Massachusetts.
0: And a staunch member of Witness Against Against Torture. Torture. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not an authorized demonstration area. If you continue to demonstrate, you are subject
4: to arrest. Oh, no. This is
0: not an off-campus demonstration. We are
1: not yeah. We will live.